It was at this moment that he knew. Oh my God! Damn, son, where'd you find this? So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Listening to the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirrel retelling of pop culture history. It's Podcast 42 on the Network. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I try to save the, them all. That's one of the best soundtracks we've had in a while. <laughs> sometimes I save them as untitled, and then I'll save them over the untitled as another untitled. I know. Why would you do that? <laughs> just count. Just say like You know, that's is... good though because we tell the same jokes over and over again. So We yeah. do not. Oh yeah. We've we never do. heard that joke before. That's why I snorted three times. <laughs> you have to do like twelve three eighteen. That's today. Okay. Untitled. Is that why you kept looking at your watch? No. I thought you were anxious to get this over with. No, I never well, like that. No, that's me. Oh, that's here. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of getting over with, it's time for Podcast 42. Yay. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fassone. I'm Jay Atros. And sitting in for the Faraz is... Laura. <laughs> Hi, Laura. Hi. Happy to have you here. No fill-ins oh, yeah. are allowed last names. I guess not. That's a thing. Yeah, but Faraz isn't allowed a last name either. So. You know, my last name isn't even on Facebook, so why would I give it out here? Fair, because I tried to look you up, and I was like, mm. I'm not friends with her. And then I was like, oh, I am friends There's with her, reason, but it's Nicole. not There's a with reason. her last name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody's friends with my last name. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. That left me completely speechless. Chris doesn't speechless. even know her last name. Yeah, he's still trying to figure it out. Well, since we're completely speechless, let's open up JL's beer cooler. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink, yeah. Get that sound effect, maybe? Luckily, there'll be music over that part. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you bring? I brought for my nice trip from Charleston, South Carolina, Poke the Bear from Revelry Brewing. I give the label a five. I thought you would like the label. It I do like nice this label. label. I like the beer, the bear, the beer, and the bear. <laughs> Both beer bears are fierce, and I actually really like this color green and blue. The bear's wearing war paint, it looks like. I would like it to does. paint this on the wall. So it's an American. I know some artist friends. It's an American okay. pale ale. It says, "Poke the Bear" is a pale, refreshing, and hoppy ale supporting malt and New World hops. Provide balance, drinkability, and classic citrus, floral, and tropical fruit characters. Go ahead, challenge the status quo. Poke the Bear. Um, Jail. There was a lot of words about hop in there for it not to be a hoppy beer. Yeah, a lot of hops. Five point five ABV. I didn't read it. Nicole did. The Laura. If I read it out loud, she's going to hear what the description is. Well, before we started recording, I smell the hops in that. Uh, Smells so heavy. (laughs) You have to backtrack because nobody knows what you're talking about. Before we started recording, Laura complained that the uh, pale ale was similar to the Indian pale ale and it was going to be very hoppy. Nail told me no, but the can disagrees. And so we'll does the, so does the taste. 
I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> well, we'll rate it at the end, and we'll talk about how we feel about it. First sip is pretty good. I agree. All These right. two, eh. Well, tonight we are talking about Stephen King. Woo! So it's time for pop quiz. Wait, but you uh, get us? out your pens and papers and pencils. You didn't. I didn't set get you this up. Ready? No. And turn it to the right. Nope. I don't even have a notebook. <laughs> Where are the notebooks? Okay, this one is good. Is this you or is that somebody else? No, nah, just grab a notebook. That That's the Faraz. Okay. That might be I'm mine, blue. Okay, cool. So you. Dabu da. But guess what? What? Chicken butt. I've changed the questions. No. Oh, good, because all I saw were a bunch of Salem's Lot answers on Faraz's. Yes. So, um, his thing. He changed the questions is because we recorded this once and, uh, you know, Stephen King writes a bunch of horror novels and some evil spirits stole our episode that we previously recorded. No, no, no. It's pluralized. There were episodes that the evil spirits stole. Oh, yeah. They took them all. They took five episodes, I think. Five episodes. But relevant to right now, they took the Stephen King episode. I'm only upset about two of them, really. They're coming back. I know. I know. It felt like every time I made a decision on like here this is what we're going to talk about for my turn that's when the computer killed the episode <laughs> was it really the computer's fault probably not <laughs> no i liked the i liked everything you picked and now you we did an episode of flat earth and you get to be part of that yes. five so, general knowledge questions about our topic yes going this, from easiest to hardest yes but the we got a, the name of the quiz first yes this pop quiz is called stephen king is everyone's main man huh main as in the state laura that's that's the sick. quiz is it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Or how Stephen King presented his first, how did Stephen King present his first book to the publishing company? He carried it there. Ha! <laughs> this first book was called Carrie. Carrie Laura. was the first book of Stephen King so that he, I read. He carried it there. Oh, thanks for the explanation. I didn't say they were good jokes. All right, score one point for each correct answer. Number one, who is Stephen King's favorite baseball team? Hint, he mentions it in a lot of his novels. Stephen King's favorite baseball team. Why am I getting dirty looks from you, Laura? <laughs> Laura's never watched baseball. <laughs> She's probably watched more baseball than me. I've watched baseball, but I have no idea what it is. This has favorite. nothing to do with watching baseball. This has everything to do with reading Stephen King novels. I haven't read that many where I would know, but I'm just going to go yes, with... Yes, we know. You read Carrie and that was it. He carried it. I'm just going to go with his <laughs> yes. New England... Don't say it now. <laughs> yes, yeah. tell me what you're going to put so I have an answer. Jesus, she's going all Lois Lane on you over here. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. Can <laughs> go on? <laughs> I have my notebook ready. <laughs> Just like every time. It's not pink. Question number two. In 1991, what film did Kathy Bates win the Best Os- Actress Oscar for her work in the Stephen King ad- adaptation? Do you want to read that again? Blah. No, I don't. There's a lot of words in I could pronounce. In 1991... What Stephen King adapt- adaptation? See, that's a hard word, isn't it? Did Kathy Bates win Best Actress for? You couldn't have found a synonym for that word. This was a book first. They made it into a movie. Kathy Bates starred in it, Bates. and she won, won an, an award. award. What is the name of the book slash movie? It's the same name. That was a lot more words. I know. <laughs> this question I actually didn't change. This is from the last quiz. This is from the last quiz. Well, good. I'm going to put my... Maybe that paid attention skill should have came in. I think maybe it might have. If I get this right, then we'll find out. Okay, we'll find out. (laughs) The odds are not in your favor. You don't know that yet. Question number three. 
King has been known to write books under what pseudonym? King has been known to write books under what pseudonym? <laughs> Don't remember. Do you know this what is pseudonym the same question. is? Yes, I know. It's a nom de plume. No, no. Do you know what pseudonym is? Yes. It's an alternative We're name. We're not talking about the feather pins. A nom de plume right. is a, quill. a pen name. A quill. That's, that's it. What quill. It's, yeah. That's what it means. Nom de plume is a pen name. Right. So, that you use the little feather pin with. Man. How? The French. How, how do you deal with the this? The French do it. I don't listen. That's how the French write. <laughs> they only write with quills. I, I don't know. It's a law in France. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give a funny name. Anybody listening to this episode in France, call in and back me up. <laughs> They don't understand what you're saying. Uh, you can't cheat. Stop cheating. It's not in there. He's uh, cheating. He's trying to cheat. Do you see that? Uh, Rude. Did you write something down? No, but it's fine. Go ahead. I tried. Oh, you to... gotta write something down. Oh, don't worry. I'll come up with something beforehand. We I all came know up I'm with last a minute funny everything. name. Okay. Question number four. What comic book was referenced in King's screenplay for Creep Show? What comic book was referenced in King's screenplay for Creep Show? <laughs> this is a very famous comic book. Hint, it's not Captain America. I thought they were supposed to go from easy to hard. Hint, it's not the X-Men. I didn't write either of those down. Hint, I don't think it's published by Marvel, but I'm not positive. Oh, that's good because I didn't write a Marvel comic book down. Neither did I. Okay. Hint, it's not Batman. Ah, dang it! (laughs) (laughs) Five? Question number five. What was the name of the column Stephen King wrote for his college newspaper? The name of the column that Stephen King wrote for his college newspaper. It had a name. Hint, it was not Batman. (laughs) What was the name? Lots of thinking. I had to make all these questions kind of hard because this is the second time we're doing this quiz. That's okay because all of my answers are made up still. I knew I should have done my homework. (laughs) (laughs) We don't do our homework and don't say we did our homework anymore. Oh, I lied, JL. The the answer to the pseudonyms right there on the front page in the first uh, paragraph. Ha ha! Damn it. Question number one. (laughs) (laughs) It is right there. (laughs) Who is Stephen King's favorite baseball team? Laura. Um, I went with the Colorado Rockies. Is that a baseball team? Yes. Okay. Uh, Nicole? I said Boston Red Sox. JL. Red Sox. It is the Red Sox. Yes. Look at that. I just figured New England. Yeah, that that's probably a fair. That's good. There are no other New England teams that are worth talking about. You Question mean for any sport? <laughs> I don't know any other sport besides baseball. Well, they got the Patriots it's and uh, the Celtics. Okay. Doesn't the their hockey team but dominate But we were talking too? about baseball? Yeah. The are there Bruins. any other baseball yeah. teams? Yeah, there are other teams. Though, what are the baseball could... teams? Listen, you're sometimes a Yankees fan. You're sometimes a Mets fan. You never know up there. New York is not really New England, though. Yes, but they still get the games, so they televise them there. Mm. Mm. It's mm. a sport off between someone who watches sports and someone who doesn't. <laughs> Yay, like go team! Like split the way it is. All right, question number two. In 1991, what film did Kathy Bates win the Best Os- Actress Oscar for her work in the Stephen King adaptation? JL. Misery. Laura. I also wrote Misery. Nicole. I wrote Animal Cemetery. Animal Cemetery. <laughs> I thought, wasn't that one of his books? You mean Pet Cemetery? It was close. <laughs> it was close. If, if Pet Cemetery was the answer, I would have accepted Animal Cemetery. No, but it was not. But if you put People Cemetery, I would not have accepted that. It was misery. I didn't know that was a Stephen King book. Really? Yeah. That's a good one. And it's short for Stephen King. It's a shorter book. I Is it like a paragraph? No. Then I probably won't read it. A paragraph is not a book. Oh, it is to me. <laughs> 
Question number three. Leading King? up to the answer I chose for this one. Okay. <laughs> King has been known to write books under what pseudonym, Laura? Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact, Stephen <laughs> King was actually also the beloved children's author, Dr. Seuss. Yay! Jail. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Isn't he a baseball player? Yeah, from the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole? Well, now Laura said somebody who wrote very short books. I wrote somebody who very long, uh, is uh, feature in a very so long book. J.R.R. Tolkien? Pennywise. Oh, George R.R. Martin. So what you're saying is Stephen King's fictional character wrote all his books. Yes. Yeah, I like that answer. Even, he even wrote the books before he was written. Yes. Okay. Just, uh, just double checking. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four. What comic book? No, you didn't give us the answer. Oh, Richard Bachman. It's in the script. It's in the script. But yeah, the people who are listening don't yeah. know that. They can read yes, the script. They'll hear it soon enough. Question number four. What comic book was referenced in King's screenplay for Creep Show? JL. Tales from the Crypt. Nicole. Superman? <laughs> Go to Laura. <laughs> just go to Laura. Don't call I'm it. afraid to go to Laura. <laughs> Laura? Is it Batman? Did you say Superman? <laughs> I said Batman. <laughs> I told you it wasn't Batman. Yeah, but I had already wrote Batman before you said that. It was actually a crossover between Batman and Superman. No way. Yes. You're lying. I am. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. Oh, stupid jail. <laughs> but it was a comic you, before it was a show. When you said it wasn't Marvel, I was very happy. Because, Me too. And then, and then you said it was Batman. I was like, whoo, I might have a chance at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Superman. But that could have been a trick question because there's other comic book companies besides DC. I almost wrote Sailor Moon. <laughs> that would be published under another comic book company other than DC you or said Marvel. Marvel. They wouldn't publish either one of those. No, I was gonna. I was gonna write Sailor Moon. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. That would be under a different. Never mind. No, question <laughs> number five. <laughs> Can you say it again? Yeah, that was published under Dark Horse Comics. What was the name of the column Stephen King wrote for his college newspaper, Laura? The column. The column. That's. Yes. I think that was the Tom Hanks movie. That that's came very, out uh, very clever to name. That's very unoriginally named. Well, I do like marble columns. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Nicole? I said Creep Corner. Creep Corner. Oh, that's more like a, a, a listing of stalkers <laughs> that you should be aware of. <laughs> Jail. I have the Horror Review or the Creeper Feature. Creeper Feature. Oh. It's actually called Stephen King's Garbage Truck. I got Stephen King's garbage one truck. out of five, which is not a whole lot. I also got one out of five. That is basically 20%. Yeah, but the problem is, two of those questions you should have known. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should have known that one. That was in the script that I didn't notice until after I wrote something down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into Stephen King. All right. That just sounds wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen King gets into us. We all have fears and terrors, and the one man who seems to know all of them is Stephen King, of course. King has written over 58 novels, including those under the pen name of J.L. It's Richard Bachman, as well as written six nonfiction works. King comments. I was drinking. (laughs) That's not what King says. Like every good writer should. (laughs) Because not a single one of them is out of print which is unheard of for any author, past or present. I am the most read and successful writer of this century, and this is not just some bragging on my part. It's straight from Wikipedia. Which he also wrote. (laughs) So so modest. Richard Bachman. (laughs) So modest. Subjects covered in his many works include fantasy, supernatural fiction, suspense, 
science fiction, and horror. The latter, however, is his true claim to fame, as he's been crowned, rightly so, the king of horror. But where does it all begin? Well, fear not, for we're about to share. Donald Edward King, Stephen's father, recalls... You see here, it was late 1940s. (laughs) Not early 1940s. I remember it being the late 40s because it was hot. So very hot. The early 40s were as cool as a cucumber. I don't understand that expression because cucumbers are not naturally cool. Really, they are only cool if you stick them in the refrigerator. You see, Maine was poor, really poor, rural, and sparsely populated. It was hard to make a living for most folks, including me. I served in the Merchant Marines during the war, and then I came home to sell vacuum cleaners door to door. I was supporting my lovely wife, Ruth, and our adopted son, David. When I ran out of doors, we moved to Portland. My lovely wife, wife, Ruth, that's very hard to say, (laughs) was told she would never be able to bear children. So, of course, she got Pragers and gave birth to our son, Stephen Edward King, on September 21st. And even though my 1920s voice isn't as good as JL's, I still did it, damn it. Because, you see, in the 1940s. (laughs) Was that a direct quote? What? Yes, all it of was. it. Yes, it's. Uh, this is there were all quotation marks there. You thoroughly just... researched. <laughs> Everything that you'll hear here happened to the T on Got Wikipedia. It. Just... Please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the show. Just making sure. Family life took hold with Ruth as the stay-at-home mother and Donald as the breadwinner until 1950. Ruth said, Donald went out for a pack of cigarettes and honey-baked ham, an electric sweater, and four-seat lawnmower. We're still waiting for his return. He should be back any time now. I figure because that was nine years ago and the store isn't even open anymore. Ruth and the kids were abandoned. During the next nine years, the trio traveled back and forth across the country, staying with family members and hoping that Donald would someday re- come back to them. Ruth recalls... Wait, hold on. I don't know. Why did you turn, Why did you turn the page? <laughs> you have more lines, Ruth. <laughs> Jesus. No wonder Donald didn't find you. You're all over the place. Donald laughed because Ruth is always yeah. jumping ahead. You know, my dad would have been able to find us if you didn't have sat still for a little bit. Listen, I had to go out to Instead, the store, too. Instead, you were too. always in the car. Ruth recalls. Never me to the bar. I worked two jobs. I couldn't afford babysitters to watch over David and Steven. I couldn't even afford a TV to babysit them either. Thus, the boys would read to each other while Ruth spent her days at work, each keeping the other entertained. Can I turn the page yet? Yes. No, there's still one more sentence. (laughs) No, but she's not on that next sentence. (laughs) So during this time, the brothers discovered a love for mystery stories and horror comics. Ruth and the boys eventually journeyed to Durham, Maine to tend to... Turn the page. Her ailing parents. Turn the page. They were given a house food, and clothing in exchange for the care. Ruth would sometimes work a side job for some extra Mm, spending cash. They were still pretty (laughs) poor, and even their house had no indoor plumbing. The boys would have to walk to their aunt's house to take a hot bath. David King recalled of his 13-year-old self, I was out looking for Dad when I found a mimeograph machine, so I started a newsletter called Dave's Rag. Why do you guys always laugh at my parts? Nobody I, was laughing that time. Yeah, okay. It's I all was going head. to call it Dave's homage to all things Dave because Dave rocks the mic, but the title was too long to fit on the sheet of paper. I sold Dave's rag for a nickel. Steven also contributed to my kick-ass publication by writing short stories and TV show reviews, but to be honest, there was only TV three TV shows at the time, so he mostly wrote short stories. Um, You sold... Dave's rag for a nickel. It was too long to fit the onto a sheet of paper. That's a small piece of paper. Anyway. What? Nothing. 
The title. The was title too. was too long to fit on one sheet of paper. Dave's yeah. rag was too small. No, it too was long to fit on. It was Dave's homage to all things Dave because Dave rocks the mic. Was too long to fit on a sheet of paper. The original title was Dave's Homage to All Things Dave because Dave rocks the mic. I'm sorry, because none of that is in parentheses or all capitalized, so I didn't know that that was the full title. Dave rocks! Dave's rag. (laughs) I just saw Dave's rag, and I was like, how could that be too big to fit on a piece of paper? He wrote really big. Got it. Stephen. Big expensive font. (laughs) He used Times Roman numeral 72 point. Stephen was a reader. He loved books, and money he earned was spent on more books. He lined his room full of paperbacks. Stephen recalls... I love watching B-rated sci-fi and horror movies and the Twilight Zone TV show. Hey. That's great. I wasn't afraid of anything except spiders, sewers, the number 13, the dark, the ever-so-scary chicken nugget, porches, (laughs) decks, cushions, and closed-in spaces. Ooh, the most terrifying things. At 11, he started collecting stories on mass murderer Charlie Starkwalker. Weather. Starkweather. Starkweather. Starkweather was Luke Skywalker's adopted brother. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He didn't make it into any of the movies because we had enough mass serial killers just as the father. Charlie Starkweather had gone on a mass killing spree with his girlfriend in Nebraska and Wyoming. His girlfriend was named Nebraska? No. In <laughs> no, Nebraska. they were in Nebraska. Oh. Stephen decided to start writing to help him calm his fears. Stephen says... One day, I stumbled upon a box in the attic. And when I say stumbled, I really mean banged my shin super hard on it. It hurt really bad. Hurt real bad. <laughs> I even cursed. I said, jeepers! <laughs> Good thing my mom didn't hear. The box yeah, was full Steven. of rejection letters collected by my deadbeat father from submissions to various publishers. A lot of them said things like, learn to spell, learn punctuation, all the things that Chris says to me when I write a script. <laughs> Don't send this in with ketchup stains on it next time. <laughs> Inspired by his father's pursuit of writing, Stephen began to submit his own stories to magazines and collecting his own box of rejection slips. In high school, Stephen taught himself the guitar, formed a band, and had a part-time job digging graves. Stephen says, My job inspired me to write a short story called I Was a Teenage Grave Robber, which then became a big hit by the Misfits. (laughs) It was about a boy, a little boy, young one without a father. (laughs) <laughs> who accepts a job digging up bodies for a mad scientist who was really the father. Comics Review published my story, but I didn't earn any money for it. But I did get a free issue of Comics Review, so that's something there. He later received a partial scholarship to Drew University, but could not afford the difference. So he went to the University of Maine instead. I wore my hair long and my beard longer. I looked like a lumberjack. You probably don't want to know about any other body hair length. <laughs> for sure. I kind of do. I don't. It was a shrubbery. (laughs) (laughs) A shrubbery? A shrubbery. Steven ended up working for the school newspaper, wherein he wrote a serialized Western piece and also many articles protesting the Vietnam War. By his junior year in college, he had already... He already had five novel manuscripts completed, but his crowning achievement was his first paid published piece, The Glass Floor, published by Startling Mystery Stories in 1967. I was paid $35. With inflation at today's prices, that would be $36. Ooh. <laughs> Stephen was still very much poor, however, and took a job in the university's library where he met Tabitha Spruce, a history major and poet. Tabitha said, 
Stephen and I fell in love, had sex, which led to having a child. And then we got married. Sometimes you did it that way in the 60s. We named her Naomi. After graduation, King was hoping to land a teaching job, but failed to glimpse success. Stephen said, I pumped gas and worked in a laundromat to make ends meet. Tabitha worked at Dunkin' Donuts in the evenings, back when they had fresh donuts and not that frozen shit cardboard garbage they <laughs> sling now. But I was always find time for my typewriter, though. After work and daddy duty. <laughs> I said duty. <laughs> he eventually landed a job at the Hamden Academy teaching English. He would make enough to live off of, although it became a nightmare of a job for him. Stephen then said, I had become a frustrated writer. See, listen. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's supposed to be more frustrated. Oh. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like you were having sex, not that you were frustrated. <laughs> You still sound like you're having sex. Because I'm frustrated because I'm not having sex. Okay. That that's where sense. the children came from, and that's why I'm a frustrated writer. I can't afford them, and I have no time for my typewriter, and all I have is my daddy duty. <laughs> duty. Duty. Despite living in a trailer and often having phone services cut off to, cut off to save money, the Kings had their second child in 1972. You could have said it the other way because you're getting in the main spirit. Oh, okay. I can't do main. Hey, does anybody so. care what we named our second child? Okay, what did you name Honey, him? what did we name the child? It was Joseph. <laughs> you don't know, Stephen? You don't know the name? I, you just let Tabitha pick the name? I did. I picked Naomi. She got to name the son. Okay. We worked it out that way. Okay, as long it's as compromise. Okay. Just King, checking. King went back to the laundromat to help bring in extra money in addition to teaching. He still kept up his writing every night for two hours a night. I had to balance the typewriter on my knees like some sort of, of balancing typewriter acrobat. Shit. There went the typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would go and see a balancing typewriter acrobat. I think that would be really cool. Several men's magazines started to take notice of him, including Cavalier, Dude, Jet, and Swank. It's pronounced yeah. Dude. Uh, dude, what's mine say? Dude. dude, check out my Swank. <laughs> swank, check out my dude. Oh, wait, dude. No, that sounds gay. It's a jet. <laughs> King wanted to show his mom the stories that were being published, but could not show her the magazine itself due to some of the ads they ran. He would photocopy the works instead. I was making $200 a story, though, and that money was very much needed, although it was often spent before it even arrived. I know how that feels. Because you're living in a tiny house. <laughs> Sometimes frustrated over their financial situation, King would spend some nights in the bar smoking and gambling. This didn't help matters at home, as Tabitha considered the money spent on those vices could go towards productive uses. Yeah, like diapers and food and more food and that damn phone bill we keep getting <laughs> shut off. <laughs> like, we need the phone, okay, Stephen? William Thompson at Doubleday Publishing had received three of King's manuscripts and was trying to get him a deal. This was around the time that King was working on a short story for Cavalier Magazine about an outcast teenager named Carrie White. I really didn't know quite enough about teenage girls to do the piece justice, so I tossed it in the trash. <laughs> you wrote it backwards because I'm waiting for Tab with Oh, <laughs> I was wondering why you weren't speaking yeah because it's tabitha's part she's yeah. doing me tabitha tabitha is now imitating laura <laughs> <laughs> which is weird no wonder i can't afford anything i have time. two wives <laughs> i didn't even know about laura <laughs> well if you weren't always on your damn typewriter well this is why i go gamble at the bar <laughs> 
I was emptying the trash bin when I noticed that there was a significant block of writing sitting in there. And I was like, Stephen, finish this. Why wouldn't you finish this? Stephen Edward King, you finish this right now. Ooh, she used your middle name. <laughs> and that's how I knew she meant business. Get your typewriter, put it on your knees, and get to typing. This balancing act just had to continue. <laughs> they sent it to Thompson, who was immediately intrigued. I'm immediately intrigued. King and Thompson worked out... <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's good. Go. King and Thompson worked on tweaking the book. In the meantime, the phone service at the King house that Tabitha was complaining about was once again turned off. Told you to stop gambling. Then one day, while at the school, King got a telegram from Thompson that read, Carrie is officially a book. The future lies ahead. P.S. 2500 okay? Checkbox. Yes, maybe, no. Well, that sounds like what you would get at a school. A little crush letter. Yes, maybe, no. Yeah. yeah. Hence the, yeah. Uh-huh. You picked yeah. up on why it was written that okay, way. Cool. Quite, <laughs> quite, quite well, you got the joke immediately. <laughs> and uh, you, you did good because you explained it for the two people that wouldn't have gotten the joke. That's what I'm here for. Thanks for explaining it, Nicole. Laura. You're welcome. <laughs> Laura, she got us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. You're welcome. Carrie was released in 1974, and with the money earned, the family moved out of the mobile home and into an apartment, complete with phone service. Yay, phone service! Bring. I could go back to gambling and drinking. <laughs> the damn phone's always ringing. King went back to teaching, knowing that the book publishing business was very fickle. Meanwhile, Doubleday was approached by New American Library, a paperback book publishing company, conveying a cute interest in Carrie. They offered $250,000 for publishing rights. Doubleday negotiated for them to stay to instead pay $400,000, and Doubleday's own deal with the author involves splitting the money. At least they were cute when they were thinking about buying the book. It's and not acute. fierce. Acute. Oh, that's different? Okay. Got it, yeah. King would therefore receive $200,000, which was enough income to warrant writing full time. Unfortunately, King's mother soon died of uterine cancer before ever seeing her son's first novel published. King was heartbroken and worried that he might end up as just a one-book wonder and turned to alcohol for comfort. He was apparently drunk while delivering the eulogy at his mother's funeral. Oh, here's our Stephen King taking a drink. He's taking a drink to, to, get, in, to get into character. To get into character for a eulogy. My next book was going to be about a pair, about a pair of traveling pants that belonged to some sort of sisterhood. Mm. <laughs> However, another idea came to me called Salem's Lot. It was about a vampire living in a small town in Maine. I was inspired by the people around my own town. Mostly by the neighbors living three doors down from me. Vampire Bill and Vampire Betty. Wait, I have a question. Is a eulogy the same as an ugoogly? <laughs> what's a ugoogly? You don't know what an ugoogly is? No, what is that? That's where you Google a eulogy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to write it yourself. You just Google all the information no. needed for it. No, Zoolander gave a very good ugoogly when his friends all passed oh, away. Oh, Zoolander reference. Yeah. <laughs> You're sitting oh. in the Ferrazzi. seat. You got to do Batman reference. I'm sorry. I, I don't know Batman, but okay. I totally have Zoolander and Dude Wears My Car for you. Okay. Oh, nobody understands Dude Wears My Car. I love that. Doubleday bought it and sold the paperback rights for $500,000, half of and which... And my eulogy. I, 
half of which again went to Steven. Because of the success of Rosemary's Baby, the horror movie genre was in hot demand at the time. Columbia Pictures optioned Carrie. Things were going well. I decided, thanks to my new wealth, that a change of scenery was in order to inspire more books. So I was thinking we should all go to Hawaii, but then I was thinking, nah, that's that's too (laughs) nice. It's too nice and sunny and fun. So instead, we shall go to the cold, cold Boulder, Colorado. But Boulder was not producing any inspiration. So King decided to take a few days off. He decided to ask our town where he might take the family for a little quiet time. Hey, you, sir, over there. Stranger? Me? Yes. Do you know where I could take the family for a little quiet time? Well, there's this super spooky and haunted hotel where people tend to go crazy and kill their entire families while staying there. This usually happens right before it shuts down for the winter season. It's called Stanley Hotel in Estates Park. Conveniently, the hotel was getting ready to shut down for the winter season. Perfect! (laughs) As the kings were checking in, Stephen noticed they practically had the whole hotel to themselves. After he'd settled into room 217... His imagination started to go into overdrive. overdrive. Mm -hmm. Tabitha recalls, Well, one night, while we were having dinner in the hotel's otherwise empty grand dining room, there was this recording of classical music, and Stephen has this blank stare on his face. Tabitha, let me tell you a story. The story. The story. Tabitha, let me tell you the story. Just blank. Totally blank. Like he had just realized... That the head in the box was Brad Pitt's wife. Shh. Which wife? Listen. What's in the box? Which wife? It doesn't I matter. I think it was, wasn't it? Was it Gwyneth Jennifer Aniston or was no, it? No, I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh what my gosh. Seen <laughs> Have you never seen You've Seven? You've never seen Seven? This is a movie reference. No. Uh. What's in the box? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. okay, it was Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> was it Jennifer Aniston or was it Angelina Jolie? Listen, narrator. <laughs> listen. I'm allowed to ask questions, too. Listen, yes, Linda. But you need to listen. You need to listen because this will explain everything. Here is what was happening. What is, was that I noticed the notes of the orchestra echoing throughout the halls. Except for our table. All the chairs were up on the tables because we had to sit somewhere. <laughs> so the music is echoing down the hall. And I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. And by the time I went to bed that night, I had the whole book in my mind. Well, I went Jennifer to bed because I had enough of all this nonsense. I decided to wander the ghostly halls. When I finally went to bed, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking over back over shoulder eyes wide screaming he was being chased by a fire hose poor joseph i woke up with a tremendous jerk sweating all over with an inch of falling out of bed i got up lit a cigarette sat in a chair looking out the window at the rockies that's his favorite team (laughs) no it's not (laughs) it's the reference and by the time the cigarette was done I had the bones of the book firmly set in my mind and no cigarettes. Now, when Laura read the line uh, for Tabitha that said, I went to bed, I had enough of that nonsense, she actually says that line every night. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Tabitha doing me again. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how she gets into character. <laughs> this book would, of course, become The Shining. Published in 1977, it was the first ever hardback bestseller. Three years later, the film was released as an adaptation directed by Stanley Kubrick. King said, I didn't much care for the film. Wow, he's angry. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the film. They didn't do the book justice. I didn't like how they changed the themes or how they portrayed the character of Wendy. I did like Jack Nicholson. 
I like how he still looks cool, even with a receding hairline. <laughs> Direct quotes again, everybody. <laughs> Nevertheless. It's great. You look at him, it shows the craziness and the hair is all over the place. The best, the only way that it sums it up is when you watch Bill Murray at the end of Kingpin. And you see yes. the hair just going up, and that's the same anger and craziness that Jack Nicholson conveyed in The Shining. That's true. True story. Nevertheless, The Shining movie is largely regarded as one of Hollywood's greatest horror films ever made. It's a lie. The Shining novel was followed by The Stand in 78, one year after release of the former. That's my favorite book. Built upon the short story Night Surf from King's earlier days, The Stand is a poke Post-apocalyptic horror. No, it's poke-apocalyptic. <laughs> the book was dedicated to Tabitha and was adapted into a miniseries by ABC and a Marvel Comics graphic novel. Speaking of Marvel, did you know that in 1985 I wrote a few pages of the X-Men charity comic, Heroes for Hope? Then I jumped to shift right to G's. Right to DC. Pen the introduction to DC's 400th issue of Batman. Batman is one of my favorite heroes without an E because he is a man and I can't spell heroes. <laughs> and he is a bat. A scary, scary man bat. See, I was also right. He likes Batman. Nobody would have known you spelled heroes wrong, Stephen. <laughs> you could have glossed over that fact. I would have, but I hate typos. Oh. And when I screw up, I have to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> In the midst of all this, King had begun working on arguably his most popular series back in the 70s, the first of which would be published in the 80s, The Dark Tower. This book was essentially a myriad of different genres, including dark fantasy, science fiction, western, and horror. I drew inspiration from the Lord of the Rings, Arthurian legend, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and Clifford, the big red dog. He is pretty scary. In 2017, Hollywood released a film adaptation starring Idris Elba as the gunslinger. Great performance. Though Elba earned some mild praise for his depiction of the iconic character, the film drew largely negative reviews from critics and fans of the book, who noted that it was a faithless adaptation of the source material. McConaughey killed it. Did you say mouth praise? What? No. Okay. What? I think she did. I thought you said mouth praise. No. It's fine. Don't worry. You might be able to do that because I'm still hoping for a TV special. Mild praise. I'm getting that right now when you interrupt me. (laughs) (laughs) So can we please get my TV special and maybe a line of Funko Pops? (laughs) You made Steven mad. King continued to generate novel after novel, film adaptation after film adaptation. Needless to say, his family's financial woes became a thing of the past. He began collaboration works with other writers and even Michael Jackson. Wee-hee! I think it's supposed to be I will do Jackson my way. (laughs) Oh, Chris can't do the Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Steven, are you okay? Are you okay, Steven? (laughs) Steven, are you okay? Are you okay? He worked with him to create the King of Pops musical short film, Ghosts, in 1996. Which earned the Guinness World Record for longest music video, boasting a 40-minute runtime. Shortly after, he also wrote the digital exclusive novella, Riding the Bullet, observing the rising popularity of e-readers over traditional books. It's supposed to say forget before you get to it. No. It's supposed to say forget. (laughs) I see the typo. The word is forget. (laughs) Taking away all my fun. (laughs) Don't forget. (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) Don't forget. 
I became a regular contributor to Entertainment Weekly. I was supposed to, and then I did. Writing my brilliant column, The Pop of King, because I'm funny like that. Side note, I was once head writer's block for three minutes. <laughs> I was once head writer's block? That's an exact quote. The writer's block took over and I added a word. Because it was there, but now it has was gone. Listen, we're, sometimes I have to write these things at three in the morning. We're also jumping really around because we night. were in 2017. Now we're back in the summer of 1999. Picture it. Where King was... Summer 1999. <laughs> it was we a just, hot, warm we were, summer. We were just in 1996. It's not that big of a jump. 2017. No, back, you were up here page. back in 2017 when they yeah. released the film adaptation of Gunslinger. Listen, it's okay. When yes. we get into the editing process, it'll all be in order. No, it won't because that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, no, it won't. Listen, listen, Linda. <laughs> The 2017 is a relation to him writing The Dark Tower. And then we went to, he wrote the books, and then we did the movie. That's where that correlates to. Now we're going back. Don't you guys ever watch The Walking Dead where they just jump from time to time? Nope. Okay, that's what we're doing. In the summer of 1999. I hate flashbacks. King was out. But Lost did it so well. In the summer of 1999, <laughs> King was out on a walk alongside State Route 5 in Maine. A distracted driver struck the famed author, launching him 14 feet from the pavement. Damn Dean Koontz. Despite the <laughs> agonizing pain, King was aware enough to provide first responders with his emergency contact information. He was airlifted to Central Maine Medical Center. It was determined that the rider suffered a collapsed right lung, multiple fractures in his right leg, goal, laceration, goal lacerations, and a broken hip. The damage was so catastrophic that doctors initially considered amputating the destroyed leg, but were miraculously able to stabilize the shattered bones. I called Clive Barker and I said to him, I've been hit by a car. I'm going to need surgeries. And then I had surgeries, five to be exact, and 10 days in physical therapy because I'm like Superman. (laughs) I know. Is Clive Barker a surgeon? Why would you call him? Because... If anybody's going to know how to put somebody together, is somebody who writes the Hellraiser no- movies and all that. Okay, I was just curious. I was going to go get that damn puzzle box. Get the Cenobites. In fact, I wrote a book. It was, in fact, writing a book called On Writing. His hip, however, was not accommodating, often filling him with such pain that it became unbearable to sit and type for more than 40 minutes. I couldn't do my typewriter acrobo- acrobatics anymore. No, you didn't have to anymore. You're, you're rich. It brought back memories. It cured writer's block. Oh, okay. The author decided to purchase the van of the driver who had done this to him, fantasizing about smashing the thing to bits with a sledgehammer, or even hosting a charity event in which contributors would also be able to join him in smashing them. I would pay for that. However, when his lawyer did indeed manage to purchase the vehicle for $1,500 to keep off an eBay auction, it was sent to the junkyard to be totaled. Well, I decided to redesign Stephen's writing studio. I put a nice clock in there and that talking fish you hang on the wall and you know I love the big mouth Billy Bass honey it's beautiful you're welcome but just to be slightly whimsical I decided to add a bowl of bouncing balls (laughs) (laughs) my wife's meddling of my man cave inspired me to write Lizzie's story it's about a widow messing with someone's man cave. <laughs> King has recently become a vocal political advocate, uh, activist. King has recently become a vocal political yeah, activist, protesting controversial Florida writ 
Governor Rick Scott, writing essays Skeletor. on writing essays on guns after the tragedy at Sandy Hook and defending video games when politicians try to blame them for generating violent culture. I'm not a fan of people like Glenn Beck, who is basically Satan's mentally challenged younger brother. But in addition to publicly criticizing corrupt politicians, I'm tweeting at you, Mr. Trump. You know I am. You can feel me like a rabid dog named Cujo. And I also donate around $4 million every year to libraries, fire departments, schools, and other organizations. So you see horror has a good side, too. And that's Stephen King. He definitely is very politically active these days. Oh, yeah. That's all his Twitter is about is mm-hmm. basically yelling at Trump. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into the fishbowl facts. Fishbowl facts. This is where we pull some random facts about Stephen King out of the fishbowl, and we'll read them one by one. Me. It was my subject. When does Laura pick a subject? Ooh, yeah. When do I pick a subject? Fine. We'll do Sailor Moon. Is it when I get a pink microphone sponge? We're doing Sailor Moon. Sure thing, Sailor Chibi. Aw, Chibi. Stephen and Tabitha King own Zone Radio, a company that serves to head their three radio stations in Maine. One of them... WKIT is a classic rock station that goes by the tagline, Stephen King's Rock Station. Fishbowl facts. Stephen isn't the only writer in the King family. His wife, Tabitha King, has published several novels. Joe, their oldest son, followed in his dad's footsteps and is a best-selling horror writer. He writes under the pen name, Joe Hill. Youngest child, Owen. Hey, we didn't talk about having him. We didn't have enough time to oh, delay an hour show. All right. Has written a, cl- written a collection he of short... He came out of nowhere, honey. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, he has kind of like Nicole right now. <laughs> she just <laughs> fell back. She almost <laughs> fell out of her chair. She just realized we had Owen. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, Owen. Where did you come from? Um, anyways, he has written a collection of short stories and one novella. And he and his dad co-wrote Sleeping Beauties. Joe Hill's a great writer. King was always interested in drama. He's king of the hill. And cropped up in a number of his movies. He was a man at the ATM in Maximum Overdrive, which is a great movie. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not a fishbowl fact if I say it, is it? Could be. Oh, then I won't say it. A minister in Pet Cemetery, a cemetery caretaker in Sleepwalkers, Teddy Wiesak in The Stand, Tom Holby in The Langoliers, Dr. Bangor in Thinner, Gage Creed in the TV version of The Shining, and a pizza delivery guy in Rose Red. King, John Mellencamp, and T-Bone Burnett collaborated on a musical, Ghost Brothers of Darkland County, which made its debut in 2012. The story is based on a house that Mellencamp bought in Indiana that came complete with a ghost story. Was it a little pink house? It does not say oh. my fishbowl fact. It if probably was. it was a little was. pink house. It was probably made for you and me. Ugh. The Onion once wrote an article claiming that King couldn't remember writing the Tommyknockers. He then admitted that it was actually true as he couldn't remember writing many novels from the 80s due to his alcoholism, including Cujo. King played rhythm guitar for a band made up of successful writers called the Rock Bottom Remainders. From 1992 to 2012, the band toured, in quotation marks, about once a year. In addition to King, Amy Tan, Dave Barry, Mitch Album, Barbara Kings. 
Silver, Matt Groening, and Ridley Pearson were just some of its other members. Fishbowl facts. Fishbowl. According to Guinness Superlatives, Maura King's books have been adapted into films than any other living author. That's impressive. When it was revealed that the writer Richard Bachman was in fact Stephen King, he retired the alias citing that Bachman had died. The cause of death for his pseudonym was given as cancer. Mm. So he said that Richard Bachman died of cancer. And that's how he gave up his nom de plume. His writing quill? (laughs) His pen name is what nom de plume means. Stephen King also directed one of his works. Which one? Maximum Overdrive. Look at this extra bonus, not fishbowl fact. Which he then included the soundtrack to be mainly from his favorite band, ACDC. It is the only film Stephen King's ever directed because he considered it trash and realized why he should never direct a film. You should not be surprised by this because that used to be one of the questions on the pop quiz. And I was very excited when that question came up because Emilio Estevez does an amazing job in Maximum Overdrive, which is mainly remembered for the Green Goblin-looking 18-wheeler. Yes, I feel like I need to watch that again, even though it really isn't that great of a movie. But it's one of those that you can watch and laugh at it as how bad it is. Oh, yeah. You make it sound like I pay attention. A lot of the time when we were recording. I know, you sleep through the whole thing. <laughs> All right, well, we got some uh, phone callers who called in and Yay. left us some messages on Stephen King. What's our phone number if people want to call in? I don't know. Okay. Good <laughs> 867-5309. It's on the website. Cool. You got to call it. For a good time. It. And it's, uh, it's... The number is online. It's in the group as well. So there's places to find it. Our group is the Sometimes official podcast the 42 wall. show group page on Facebook, just by the way. Very good plug. All right, this first call is from Sarah, and this is what she has to say about Stephen King. Hey, this is Sarah. I'm just leaving you that message about Stephen King. Yeah, I mean, I love his books. I love the stories that he comes up with. But what I've, as a writer myself, I've always enjoyed his short stories and his essays so much more because they are not verbose they are easy to understand and just uh they pack the right punch every time thanks all right so um i actually agree with her there's a short story collection by him i think it's called night shift and almost every single one of those stories has been turned into like a movie or wasn't that the movie didn't they make the movie night shift um, or was that I think graveyard? that's one of the stories. Oh, no, no. Wasn't it Graveyard Shift was the movie? I think that's in the book. Yeah. And then they, um, for a while there, I believe they had a TV show uh, based on the book where they did a bunch of the the stories into little tiny episodes, kind of like Amazing Stories type, if I remember right. Was that Night Court? It's not Night Court. Oh, okay, never mind. Oh, man, Bull would have held that show up. <laughs> Yeah. Although Night Court's one of my favorite TV shows. I think it was a great TV show. Harry Anderson. All right. This next one's from Sean, and Sean is uh, uh, he is on the podcast In Poor Taste, which is a great podcast. Listen to it. Very eclectic. I highly recommend it. Here's Sean. Hey there, Podcast Forty Two. This is your friend Sean Kendall from the In Poor Taste podcast, calling up about Stephen King. And I gotta say, when I started out. Uh, hearing about him all over the place. He was the thing. And obviously, I was way too hipster to like the popular thing. So I never gave him a chance. But then my brother, 
uh, was a big fan, and he asked for a book of short stories. For Christmas, I got him, ah, God, I don't know, it had like a rose and blood on the cover. I don't remember what it was called offhand, but it was great. I read through a bunch of stories. I was like, this is amazing. It's uh, really well written, but also kind of colloquial, colloquially, easily for me to say, written. Um, in the parlance of the day. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so I also have a bunch of friends who got into the book series, um, The Dark Tower, and God, is that so good. I'm working my way through it. No spoilers. I'm almost done. But it is unbelievably good. It's got, like, elements of all kinds of different genres, from vampires and cowboys, time travel, alternate universes, fucking fantastic so definitely pick that up give that a read uh the first book is a little hard to get through because he was young um he's been writing it throughout his entire life he ties in his other books um and it's just fucking fantastic so i've got a lot of reading to do this guy writes nonstop, but really a big fan of what i've read and can't wait to read more i've got a bunch of unopened books on my shelf all right guys have a good one so I think the book that he was referring to was called Different Seasons, I think, based on the cover he described. And everything in that book was also turned into a movie. I think that one had the body in it, which was turned into uh, uh, Stand By Me. Uh, that was a horror movie? No. No. But it's the one work that a lot of people don't realize Stephen King actually wrote. Yeah. Because it's so unlike anything else he's done. Because it was not horror. Um, well, I mean, it's horrific in the fact that they're walking to go find a dead body that's been smashed by a train. That doesn't so seem horrific. That, that no, in Orlando, dramatic. people get hit by trains all the time. They do? Yeah, the We're sun rail. for that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, the sun rail's hitting somebody at least once a month. It's just, it's traumatic. It's not <laughs> horrific. Speaking of Sunrail, <laughs> today's show is sponsored by Sunrail. Take Sunrail today. <laughs> we hear That's how I got here. <laughs> and how many people did you run over? None that I knew of, but okay. I was in the bar car. Okay. Oh, nice. I didn't even know they had a bar car. They don't. I made my own. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Take the sunrail with JL. All right. Next call is from Christine. Hello. My name is Christine, and I would like to give my feedback on Stephen King. Uh, I think he's a very talented author. I've read many of his books. Um, although the first 130 or so pages of every single book are the hardest, most treacherous pages you'll ever want to read. After that, they get great. Needful Things was my favorite. And I preferred his writing before his accident opposed to after. You have a great night. Thanks. Wasn't that one of his books? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, so it was. It was. It came out right before Carrie. Wasn't it a car? No. It didn't come out before Carrie. Carrie was his first book. <laughs> oh, you're saying if she paid attention? Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> she says attention. she doesn't pay attention. Yeah, she no. was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and both of you, wasn't that his first book? <laughs> All right, here's Christine killing people with her car body. <laughs> She's a transformer. I completely agree with her because I actually got the book of It, like Pennywise It. And I and tried more than one. I tried. <laughs> That's the only it there is. I tried no, the well, IT novel. You tried to say I got the book it. And it's 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 just so complicated. It's such a plain title. Okay. But so I you tr- got it. I got it. So you understood it. 
I tried to, but I was reading Maybe. and it was just the most It was boring, like mundane descriptions of this town in Maine. And it was like, please just get to Did some... you feel like you were in that town though? Like I'm, you wanted to move out of that town? No, I just felt like I wanted to get to some story to get me interested. So you're saying you wanted to him hear, to get to it? I wanted to get to all the details. But Be- you also, you did you picked a bad one to start with. I didn't, know. no, I started with Carrie. Carrie was okay. my first book by him. And I read that too. without putting it down. If you want a really good, long Stephen King book, there's two of them. There's The Stand and The Talisman. And they don't, they go right into the action. Mm. It's none of that. The stand it is, is a lot. It is a lot of buildup. That's true. There is a lot See, of buildup. It, it builds it up. It is a lot of buildup. But you can't have the Because you got to build up to it. You can't have the payoff without that buildup, though. You got to really. You, you gotta, can, though. No. <laughs> you can, Because you got to sympathize with all those characters. But you don't need to know every little teeny tiny detail about the town and the yes, sewer and the street. But otherwise, you get lost in the sewer. And everything. But you did because no. you need to. Ask that one kid. He would have been fine. But when they're getting. When it's preying Don't on their fears. In the sewer? <laughs> when it is preying on their fears, you need to know why and, and the backstory behind it. You need to feel what those characters are feeling in order to get the payoff at the end. I don't know. It just feels like it could have gotten into the story a little bit quicker than it did. It did. You were just bored with it. (laughs) You know, I do have to agree with her, though. She said 130 pages, and that seems really long. Yeah, but three pages seem really long for you. Yeah, well, greeting cards are also really long. (laughs) 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 That's how I shop for greeting cards. If you ever get one from me, it will only have one sentence in it. I promise you. All right, well, the next caller is um, Catherine, and she's from Canada. Hi, it's Catherine the Canadian. I'm not a fan of Stephen, Co- Stephen King books, nor his movie. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. She kind of agrees with you, too. Canada. Short, sweet, and to the point. Canadians I get like right it. to the point. I was actually going to say, so far, Catherine's been my favorite caller. She was really short, and I appreciate that. She's also worried about the charges. I found that out later. Uh, of, of calling from Canada. Uh-huh. International charges. They are expensive. Is so, there a tariff on that to call into the United States from yes. another country? If not, there will know. be soon, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's a Google. It's Thank a, you for the idea. It's an internet number. <laughs> it's going to be huge. It's an internet number. This so tariff going to bring okay. us over the top. Yeah. Donald Trump, I was trying to say it's an internet number, and I think she's okay. Nobody needs. Nobody cares, Christopher. Well, there should be tariffs on internet numbers. <laughs> All right, we got uh, Chris from Gravity Beard weighing in on Stephen King next. Hi there, this is Toph from Gravity Beard calling to comment on Stephen King. I'm a huge fan of Stephen King, but the irony is, is that I've never read any of his books. I'm not really into horror. I just have a lot of respect for the man's work. But I do have my favorites, and most of them are movies that are based on his books. First of all, I really, really liked The Shawshank Redemption, which, of course, was based on the 1982 novel that he did called Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption. Fantastic adaptation, really well done, really well written and acted. Uh, came out in 1994, I believe. Probably one of my top five favorite movies. Secondly, there were two versions of The Shining. Some people don't remember that. The first one was in 1980. It was directed by Stephen, I'm sorry, Stanley Kubrick. 
But actually, Stephen King did not approve of that film at all, and doesn't really like Steve, Stephen. <laughs> doesn't really like Stanley Kubrick. However, Stephen King executively produced a second version of The Shining in 1997, starring Stephen Weber and Rebecca De Mornay. It was a TV movie, and actually, I much prefer that one. And that was the adaptation that he specifically endorsed and helped produce. So he's done hundreds and hundreds of books, a bunch of movie adaptations. Most of them are very famous. He's one of the most prolific uh, writers and creators of content, probably in American history. He's a really, really intriguing guy. I love him. I'm so glad that he's part of American pop culture. And those are my thoughts on Stephen King. Wait a minute. The, the Shawshank Redemption was also Stephen King? Oh, you didn't know? No, that's why I asked. I didn't know. That's also in that di- different seasons book I was talking about. Ah. Uh, where everything's made into a yeah. movie. Ah. Uh, did you see The Mist? Nope. He did that too. Yeah. What else did he do? I bet and I haven't the, seen it. The, <laughs> Me either. The movie, The Mist, the ending's different than the book. <gasps> and this is the one time that I think the ending of the movie is better than the ending of the book. <gasps> It's a shocker ending. Oh my god! It really is. It, it it really it really will throw you for a loop. It will make you go, "Oh my god, what did I just witness?" Okay. It's worth watching. It's a good it movie. It is. Okay. And uh, the the Stanley Kubrick, I know Stephen King is publicly like said that he hates it, and now everyone seems to hate it. And I do agree that the TV version is better, but that movie version. I think it's pretty good. I think it stands on its own. It's not... I could understand him being upset because it's not the book per se. There's a lot that they cut out, but it still is... But that's his complaint, and I think everybody's looking at Nicholson's performance the most out of it, and that's what everybody remembers from it. But I also think it's Kubrick's directing and how he takes you through the halls of the hotel, and you just feel uneasy the entire time you're watching it. The the, The quick flash with the camera to pan to something else. Yeah. I do want to say that I enjoyed the three seconds of The Shining I saw in the movie Twister. I thought it was amazing. (laughs) Yes. So that would be why The Shining is my favorite Stephen King movie. We can watch it. The Shining and Twister was great. It's not super gory. You would be okay in it, I think. There's a lot of ghosts, but it's not gory. If you have somebody who says, hey, just so you know, there might be something unsettling coming up. If you're not ready for it, maybe you should close your eyes. Then you could watch the movie because the majority of the movie is not like that. There is not a whole lot of gross stuff in that movie. I'll tell you that much. All right, that's good. Can I have it's, red rum while I watch it? Red rum. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I think the most gore is the elevator spewing blood. Most of it's psychological. No. What am I, I missing? What did I forget? Don't say anything. She hasn't seen it yet. She's not going to watch it. I, I would say? watch it. Okay, Can let's watch it. Go ahead, say. What I thought was the most gory was when he was kissing the hot naked lady and then she turned into the gross, half-emaciated dead lady. Oh, I don't know if that was super gory. That I was just thought kind that of was sh- gory. I, was. I thought that was gross. I mean, it was gross, but I didn't think it, I wouldn't classify it as gory. I don't think the blood is gory because it didn't look like blood to me. I don't know. I, I just, I thought The Shining was a great movie. When I saw it in Twister. So as long as as long as uh, it's Laura's three second movie review. Yes. You know, you know, Faraz (laughs) has not watched The Shining in a very long time either, and I told him he needs to watch it too. So. All right, we'll have a Shining party. 
Yay! All right, we got. Ooh, does that mean glitter is going to be involved? No, <laughs> but no. bedazzle. It means red rum will be involved. I think I need to bedazzle something. All right, one last caller. Who is it? Oh my! You'll see. Hey, this is Bruder. Uh, I'm calling about Stephen King. I don't really listen to your podcast. Uh, I don't. I didn't listen to the Chris Jericho episode. But, uh, uh, Stephen King, uh, a lot of words, lots and lots of words, no pictures, lots of words. Um, I really want to listen to podcasts like Hello from the Magic Tavern and Gravity Beard and not a big fan of spaghetti. Well, there's Bruder again. I... Don't know why he even bothers to call in if he doesn't listen to the show. You know, actually, I was talking to him earlier today, and we both agreed there were way too many words in Stephen King's book. You know Bruder? I do, personally. Yes. Wow. She likes brooding people. Yeah. I'm really sad, though, that he doesn't like spaghetti. I made him some the other day. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. That was (laughs) SpaghettiOs. Well, don't tell everybody my secrets. That's how I cook. Mm. I just liked it because they were the ones with the sliced franks. Nobody ever does, does those ever. No. No. Why would you do that? Why would you put hot dogs in SpaghettiOs? Why not? Ew. Yuck. Why no. do people put hot dogs in beans? Yuck. But that Franks beans, and beans. Franks and beans are definitely a thing. Even though they're fake meatballs, I can only eat SpaghettiOs with meatballs in them. Even though they were kind of rubbery. Oh, they're so gross. So gross. But so, so SpaghettiOs. So <laughs> yes, no, SpaghettiOs, well if you get them hot enough, they're okay. Yes, yeah, so you have to no. burn the like, crap yes. out of them. No. That way you burn all the taste buds off your tongue. No. Yeah, yeah I have to agree with that. Maybe no. if you put it in a taco, it'll taste better. Tonight's no. episode of Podcast 42 is not brought to you by SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> but please ride the sunrail and walk across them safely. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, poke the bear here with the beer. I totally forgot we were reading a beer. Who's going first? Uh, why don't you go first? Do I have to? Because you forgot you were going to read a beer. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, take a sip first. Okay. It's, it's hoppy, but it's not too hoppy like an IPA would be. Um, the can is a very nice color and design and everything like that. 5.5% from South Carolina, uh, pale ale. I think it's pretty good. I'm going to give it a five. I thoroughly enjoy the flavor. I don't know if I could give it a six. I don't know if I'm that crazy about it. I think a five is a good rating for me. See, I thought you were going to go lower because you seemed like you were stalling. No. Yeah, you did. You seemed like you were stalling <laughs> big time. So I was expecting a lower rating. No, because you I, you were leading up to your so-called compliment sandwich. No, no, no. I <laughs> I had a chaser beer and I was alternating between the two and What's I just forgot. What's your chaser beer? The Stella. Boo. Hey, hey. That's Laura's favorite beer. Leave Stella alone. That's why I bought it. <clears throat> so I was I was alternating between the two and I just try to make sure that I always have some of the beer that we are drinking to rate left at the end of the show so that way I can take another sip of it and mm-hmm. accurately rate it. And pour some on the floor for your dead homies. Not going to do homies. that. That I would she never did waste as she was beer. falling back earlier in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the one to finish the excess beer, let's be honest right That's now. That's true. All right, Laura, since you were hesitant in the beginning... All right, so you want to know, okay, um, one, it is hoppy, um, definitely to start, but it does not finish hoppy. So, like a pale ale. Did you should. just dab? <laughs> Thank you. Jail just dabbed. Don't, <laughs> nope. dab. Don't ever dab. Dab is 
the death. I dab all the time. I play a lot of bingo. Now, now on this rating, I know it's it's one out of six because it's how many of a six pack you can drink. Correct. Yes. Um, Does it make I, sense in, to you though? Oh yeah, that makes sense to me. But in a Thank single you. sitting, like if I could sit down with a whole six pack and that's what we're doing, like single yes. sitting. Yes. Taste right. wise, if you could drink a six pack. All right, I'm actually gonna give it a two. So I could I can have two of these I think. Really, you started just off strong off and taste. then you did a left hook there. Yeah, just off a of taste. Of taste. I don't I I don't see me throwing these back like, but I could have a couple of them. Okay. Can you yeah. give us an example of what you would have six? Stella. Like what What would you rate a six? I really like Hefeweizens. Hefeweizens. Okay. Yes. Like if I had to pick a beer, just it's definitely making sure be... we understand how the rating system works. Like, yeah. what would you rate a six? Yeah, like I could sit down. Okay. Yeah. Knock back. She six wants based a weedy Hefeweizen. Yes. That's okay. gonna have an orange or banana undertone. I don't, but I don't like Blue Moon. It's Blue Moon's really a Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Because yeah. I usually don't like Hefeweizens, but I like Blue Moon. That's a training Hefeweizen. I don't. Okay. I don't like it. I like the more German weedier ones. Well, of course, over. if I like it, it's a baby beer. Like I over. wasn't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we all thought it. Who's next? Well, I'm giving it a five as well. Um, not just because of the label. Nope, not just because of the label. Um, this, I could stare at six of these cans. They are cute. Despite the hoppiness, it's not that chewy IPA. Ugh. Because yeah. it's not an IPA. It's right. A, it's a, not an IPA. IPA. Um, I think it's pretty smooth. You do get that hop... Uh, finish at the end but it's not overpowering it's not bad definitely five i like this cool jl oh i'm giving it a six there you go that's what i figured i love the taste flavor's great there's not a bitter aftertaste to it easy six i could drink in a sitting yeah well there you go poke the bear six five five two but you got to go to south carolina to get it 12 18 18 divided by four is just in between four and five math Yay, math. All right, where can you find us, Nicole? You can find us on Spreaker. Find us on Spreaker if you look up Podcast 42, but you can also find us anywhere else you find podcasts like Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Podcast Garden. Everywhere. No Podcast Everywhere. Garden. No Podcast Garden? No. You can find us on everywhere Google else. Play. Anything you can do podcasts on, we're there except for Podcast Garden. And what was the other one that we are now recently on? Spotify. Spotify. They love us now. Because it used to be Spotify that you couldn't find us. No, on, they now hated us. Now you can us. find us on Spotify. Now they love us. Uh, if you want to find some exclusive content, find us on our Patreon page and you will be able to access all of our sound checks and exclusive episodes that are no longer featured on the public domain, such as our dinners with Froz and tasting pizza and burgers and french fries and stuff like that and wings i think wings were fried chicken something so up the yeah it's nature. all on there delicious no wings um and, no but i want wings now and if so you want to hear five Ooh. guys talking over each other there's some of those episodes as well yes definitely classic you can also find Speak us on it into a phone yep on Facebook, if you join the official Podcast 42 Show group page, it will ask you how you found us. Just type that you listen to the Stephen King episode if you're listening right now, or give whatever fun answer you want. We're going to accept everybody no matter what you say. You can also email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. Make sure to type the numbers four and two when you type in Podcast 42 for all of these 
uh, pages because you cannot type out the words 42. That will not work. Is that everything? That's yes. everything. Super. All right. Who are you? I'm Nicole Fasone. JL Trose. I'm Laura. And I'm Christopher DeVos. Bye. See you next time. Bye-bye. Adios. All celebrity voices have been impersonated poorly. All conversations may or may not be 100% accurate as well. We have attempted to provide you with the facts as best to our knowledge with the help of a case of beer, some old man that tells stories down by the river, Wikipedia, and old homemade YouTube documentaries. Do not use anything you heard in this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade. A really 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 bad grade. Just like all of our hosts did when they were in school. Music was provided by Cremo. You can find more of his tunes at Cremo.com. This has been a Podcast 42 production. you want me to get